1: God tests and allows. Satan acts. Job responds, and so do his friends. Then it's God's turn. As we'll see next on Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner. It's the age-old question that always shows up when catastrophe or disasters happen. How can God allow such a thing? Well, God has the answer for you. As we begin today's broadcast of Abounding Grace, we do so in Job chapter 38, The Weight of Glory. You need an answer to disaster and calamity? It's found here in Job. Join us this week as we examine God's response to our question, why? Here's Pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church with today's broadcast of Abounding Grace.
0: Verses 10 and 11, when I set the bars and the doors of the ocean and the streams, were you there? When I said to them, verse 11, you'll come this far, but no further, were you there? Now, science has looked at all these things, but It's not penetrated the untold mysteries of the sea. God knows them all. And the more we learn of God's work in the ocean and in the heavens, the more we should tremble before him. These are commonplace observances in many respects. Wonders that poets and scientists and philosophers have long heralded and contemplated in study. But unless we see these things as wonders of God and of his hand... It's only going to increase our arrogance rather than our humility. You know, it's, it's kind of like the Jews in John 6, the way they handled the loaves. Uh, Jesus did a tremendous miracle in feeding all of these tens of thousands of people, men, women, and children, and they all went away with full stomachs, right? They handled the miraculous loaves, but they went away with empty souls. Full stomachs, but empty souls. And this is the way rebels are when they handle God's works. Or they may study them, they may be amazed by them, but God's works do not lead them to tremble before the Lord and to seek their good in him, which is what we should all be doing. In verses 12 to 21, we see more of God's questioning pertaining to the light and the darkness and the depths. Have you commanded the mornings? He asks Job. He says, have you directed the dawn when it takes a hold of the earth? You know, men feel usually very renewed in the morning, very refreshed when the sun rises, but oftentimes they are blind to the true grace and mercy That God shows to us in that. They also forget that light is covenantal. Did you realize that? Light is covenantal. God calls there to be light every day. Without that call, there is no light. Verse 13. And he does it to shake the wicked up. Remember, Jesus said in John 3 verse 20, That evil men love darkness because their deeds are evil. They don't like the light. It says in verse 14 that the light leaves an immediate impression upon the clay of this earth. Light is more, however, than just natural phenomena. Because in verse 15, God withholds the light from the wicked and breaks their arm. Because men will not use the light to serve God, then he will remove its blessing influence and expose their evil deeds. Verse 16, God's majesty is revealed in the depths of the ocean. Job, have you entered into the springs of the sea, the deep, deep places? Verse 17, have you walked to hell, to grave, to Sheol? I have. Lo, David said, if I make my bed in hell, the Lord is there. Job, do you know where the light comes from? Do you know where the darkness is that you should be able to measure it and know where it lives? He says in verse 21, Job, do you know this? Because you were not born when I did these things. All these things have their origin in me, in me. It was my thoughts that brought the world, the light and the darkness into existence. Job, are you eternal? The Lord continues in verses 22 and 23. Job, what about the snow and the hail? You know, many a general and army have been lost because they didn't take into consideration God's weather conditions. And the Lord says in verse 23, one of the things I do with the weather is I use it in a day of battle to accomplish my purposes. Job, do you know where all these things come from? Job, when the light in the upper stratosphere of the earth, verse 24, scatters the clouds, do you understand how this happens? Job, verse 25, what about when I send a lot of rain and I divide the waters on the earth and provide a place for the waters to flow into reservoirs under the earth when it is stormy? Have you done this? Do you understand how I've done this? Verse 26, you know, men primarily think rain is for their sake. But God says, I cause it to rain where there are no men because I take care of the desert and the vegetation. He says, I satisfy the desolate and cause unseen herbs to flower, verse 27. Job, do you understand this? Verse 28, and I referenced this earlier. Job, does the rain have a father? What about the dew? You know, we think... Well, we've studied evaporation and condensation, and, and we know the process. But understanding processes is not understanding the purposes and the glory of what we see. All moisture, Job, God says, I'm its father. I'm the one who creates moisture on this earth. It comes from me. The same thing, verse 29. Job, where's the womb out of which ice comes? We think, well, the weatherman said there was going to be a snowstorm in the Sierras. Okay, that's where ice comes from. But God says, it comes from me. I'm the one who brings ice and the frost. In verse 30, when the waters are hidden, it is because they are frozen like a rock. I did that, Job. In verses 31 through 38, he takes Job higher yet to the stars. You know, we still marvel at the stars. And we spend trillions of dollars studying them, making grandiose plans somehow to reach those that are closest to us. But we do live in a finite universe. And many of the stars are just out of our reach. But they are not out of the reach of the Lord. Notice, he says, I bind all the constellations, the influences of Pallades, a seven-star constellation in the bands of Orion, the signs of the zodiac, Taurus, the great bull. Men recognize that these things have an influence, and sometimes men worship the stars, and there are those who consult them for their horoscope. But God says, I am the one who binds these together. I'm the one who causes these constellations to stay together and give them whatever influence they have over the weather or the things that take place on earth. He says, it's all in my hand. I'm the one who does this. Job verse 33. Do you know the ordinances of heaven? How all of this works together? There's a whole part of God's creation that reveals His glory. And if we studied it more as we ought to, it would, in revealing our smallness and God's greatness, encourage us to trust Him. It is amazing to think about God calling the stars by name, isn't it? And, and directing their courses Today, men laugh when they come to sections in the Bible where it says the sun is set to go back 10 degrees like in Hezekiah's day. But it's like, why? Well, of course, the whole order of the universe would come crashing down if nature's absolute concrete rules were broken. Really? Says who? God is the one who moves the stars, the sun, the earth, and the heavens. And we live in this theater of glory. Remember everything Elihu said. That we looked at last Sunday. The thunder, the lightning, alternating heat and gold, the whirlwind. God was just impressing Job with his greatness. He says, Job, verse 34, can you lift up your voice to the clouds and cause it to rain? And we see that a little bit in the life of the Lord. And we also see it in this example that the natural storms have no intrinsic power of themselves. We see this when Jesus was asleep in the boat and the disciples were still stressed out. Lord, don't you know our ship is about to capsize? And Jesus says, no, it's not. You're with me. I'm the one who controls the stars and the seas and the wind and the rain. What are you worried about? ways be still and they were still i mean if i were there i think that would have been enough for me to confess my lord and my god we are so barbaric in our sophistication that we think well no storms don't do that storms have an impersonal force the rain just happens when the circumstances are right right No, God causes it to rain when he wants it to rain. Verse 35. Job, can you tell the lightning to strike over there? It's almost like in verse 35 that the lightning is lined up and saying, Okay, Lord, here we are. Where do you want us to strike? You know, sometimes in storms you have the great Doppler gods who can tell us how many strikes there are in an hour. Well, just imagine the next time the weatherman says there were 1,000 strikes in an hour that the Lord was controlling and directing every one of those strikes. Again, it's not like we may think of it. It's it's not like pulling switches on a machine. Because you see, he is majestic and he knows and controls all things. This is his world everything in it is immediately under his supervision his government and his direction verse 36 god asks kind of a man question job are you the one who gives wisdom in the inner parts do you give the heart of understanding and and by the way job back to the clouds do you know their number Can you hold back the water like verse 38 that it becomes very dry? The dust grows into hardness and the clods cleave fast together. There are more questions that are forthcoming and I'm certainly not God so I can't answer them. And I do a pretty poor job in many respects of even looking at what Job, of what he asked Job. But I don't think these questions anymore for us than Job are meant for us to say. We understand these things. I don't think that's the point. The point, is to give a, the point is not to give a scientific explanation of how the stars move through the heavens. It is to say, Lord, you are the High and the Holy One who inhabits eternity. And your greatness is unsearchable. It is for us to say and to confess, you are the Lord and there is no other. The practical view of each one of these, if you apply this to yourself, is how you feel about God. We read about the hail, the storm, the snow, the lightning, the thunder, the stars, the deep places in the oceans, the foundations of the earth, all of these things. And each one of us is supposed to be personally confronted with, do I have a view of God that is biblical, that is big? That I confess, as men do throughout scripture, Lord, you are very, very great. You are glorious in praises, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders. That, that's the whole purpose of this. God didn't ask these questions so Job could write them down and come up with answers later on. He revealed these things to Job so that Job did what he did, which we're going to see in a couple of weeks He just beat his breast and said, I'm going to shut up. Life is not about me. I see this a little bit clearer now. He says, I abhor myself forever questioning God's dealings with me. Do we question? In your own life, do you ever say, that's not fair, God? God. Well, you just question God. Have you ever turned to the bottle when you should be praying? Well, you just blaspheme God. Have you ever said, I can't take this any longer, I want to end my life? You just question God's dealings with you. Whenever we doubt and we say, Lord, this just isn't fitting in with what I think is right. We have done exactly what Job did. We may never verbalize it, but that is the core agitation, fear, a little bit of anger, doubt, and worry that we feel at times when life is not going as we want it to go. And the Lord has let Job vent and say all of these things, and he has, was a righteous man. But at the end of it, Lord's answer to Job is, Job, be still. And know that I'm God. I'm not going to explain myself to you. But you will have peace. Brothers and sisters. You will have peace. If you put yourself under. God's authority. And stop questioning. And reverence his power. And his beauty. Now these dif- d- details are magnificent. And I encourage you. To meditate on these things. The questions are pretty straightforward, and we do need more in our day and age, a healthy dose of what the older men called natural religion. And I'm not referring to some totem pole religion. I'm in that we see God's works and his wonders. It has made a big difference in my life this week with the calm weather that we've had. I just rejoice in the Lord's providence and in His goodness because He is the one who is doing all of this. We need more of a sense of God's majesty in the calm and in the storms, His beauty in the beauty, His power in the heat. Why? I mean, we're not pantheists, but you don't have to be a pantheist. You don't have to run to that kind of extreme, that large of an air. We live in in a theater where God reveals his glory to us. And we're supposed to reverence him. And the more we should reverence his works in nature. And the more we should trust him in our lives. You know if God sends rain in the desert. Think about it. Why would God send rain to the desert? There's no one there usually. But there are little plants there that he created. And maybe no one has even ever seen And if he does that, don't you think he's going to take care of you? That was Jesus' argument. In Matthew 6, this is exactly how he argues. Do you think about the lilies? (laughs) They don't don't work. They don't form labor unions. They just sit in the dirt and grow, and yet not even King Solomon was clothed like one of them. What about the birds in the air? They don't gather into barns, and yet God feeds them. And then he says, you are of more value than the birds of the sky and the lilies in the field. So the more we reverence God's works in nature and we study them. And God's works are to be studied by all those who take pleasure in him. But the more we will trust, God will take care of me. And he will always do right by me. Beloved, do you believe that? This is one of the greatest sources of comfort for a Christian. This deep conviction that God literally takes care of me. And he will do right by me. Now, not right as I defined it. And praise God for that. It is right as he defined it by his wisdom and by his goodness. Most of you know that Children's catechisms asks... Why should you glorify and obey God? Answer, because he made me and he cares for me. A little children's lesson. He made me and he takes care of me. Well, where do we learn? Look at the world. God takes care of all of his works and he will certainly take care of us. So one of the things I draw just practically from these questions, and I think it's true of all of us, I need to pray more for a humble heart before the glory of God's works in nature, his weight of glory that surrounds all of us. I need to learn to praise him for every drop of rain and even for the heat. Most of us don't like the heat, and we crank down our air conditioners. But but God is revealing his power and in his intensity to us in the heat and in the humidity. And he's taking care of everything. And as we praise him for his works, we will learn to see ourselves as his handiwork. That is what we are, his handiwork. Our bodies are teeming with miracles at this very minute. We're not made for ourselves. You've got to understand that. We are not made for ourselves. We were made for the purposes of the Lord. We are not the measure of all things. God is. God is the beginning and the end of all things, and He will be all in all. So was Job crushed by all of this? Yes, but it was a good crushing. It was good Because there is a certain peace and joy that comes to us when God puts us in our place. So one of the things you may ask about for yourself is, has God ever put me in my place? No, I'm not talking about in a vindictive way. I just mean in a way that where you're confronted in a significant manner that changed your life and in which you understand I'm not God, and my life is not my own. I've been bought with a price. And as Christians, we can add so many other layers to this. I need to seek all of my good in Him. If I don't, I'm going to be miserable. I may get everything I want, but like the psalm says, God gave them the desires of their heart, but sent lameness into their soul. I want the Lord. I want to worship Him in the beauty of His holiness. I'm surrounded with the testimonies of His power everywhere, His goodness and of His grace. So I want to worship Him. And He will not turn me or you away. Even while He was crushing Job, He was restoring Job. Even while He was showing Job a little bit of His glory, He was restoring his soul. And he does the same for us, beloved. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we ask that you would reveal more and more of your glory to us in this world. So that we may be humbled by you. I know in my own life, way too often... I like to think I am in control, of which I know I must repent. As I see today in our text, your majesty and your power. Help us all to realize that you are control of all things, even our very lives. And we must be content with your dealings in our lives, knowing there is not one thing that you bring into our lives that is not for our good and your glory. Help us to trust completely in your power, your providence, and your promises. For Christ's sake, amen.